0: Good morning everyone. My name is JD. I'm one of the pastors at Finally Covenant Church. So glad to be worshiping with you this morning. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's a time in our country where we remember those who gave their lives while serving our country in the armed forces. So this morning I'd like to honor them by just holding a moment of silence and then a prayer as we enter into service. So will you take a moment with me as we go into silence to honor those who died while serving our country? Will you join me in prayer this morning? Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here to gather and worship with my brothers and sisters. And Lord God, this morning, I'm especially grateful for the freedoms that I have because of the sacrifices of others. Lord, in this Memorial Day weekend, we take a moment to pause and remember those who gave their lives while serving our country. God, we thank you for their sacrifice. We thank you, dear God, for their commitment. We thank you, dear God, for their dedication. We thank you, dear God, that we are able to be who we are and live in these freedoms because of the things that they have done. Would you bless their families, dear God? Would you encourage them and allow them to feel a sense of profound peace in your presence? And this morning, even as we worship God, I pray that you would be with us and speak to us and give us encouragement. And a new word as we go into this week we're so grateful for your love we're so grateful dear your god for the sacrifice of others we love you and we honor you in your name we pray amen
1: good morning my name is alex ibarra and we are the ibarra family today's reading is from jeremiah chapter 29 verses 4 to 14. we will be reading from the new international version this is what the lord Almighty. The God of Israel says to all I carry into the exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses to settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increasing numbers there do not decrease.
0: Also, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to
1: which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of all Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams that you encourage them to have. They are prophesying
0: lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to
1: you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place.
0: For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you, from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile.
1: This is the word of the Lord. Hey, good morning. There's something in the Old Testament that I'd like to explore this morning with you, and it's really curious. Uh, probably the most popular verse these days, at least, in the Old Testament is Jeremiah 29, 11. A lot of people would say it's their life verse, and it's wonderful. For I know the plans I have for you, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But the thing that's curious is that it's written by Jeremiah, who was probably the most unpopular, least people-pleasing, maybe most obnoxious prophet. Not that prophets were ever popular, but... Uh, he is—he is like a few weeks ago I brought up Eeyore. He would be like the Eeyore of the Old Testament. Uh, he's Mister Negative, Mister Doom and Gloom. Twenty-eight chapters of of negativity pretty much until you get to this verse, and uh, then and things get more positive. But it it just it's, it's really curious that we would focus in on on this verse from that man. And he also complained a lot to God. Uh, he poured his heart out and complained about being, you know, hey, they shoot the messenger, Lord, don't you know? And of course, God does know that. When He sent His Son into this world, He was crucified. But um, I want to I want to get into this more. And uh, we're in this series called "Seeing Beyond This," and what we mean by that is, what is it in these days that God wants to teach us that might. Be something new in our lives that we would go beyond into the next phase of life with, and how would we how would we begin to see what God wants to do? What's His will for us as we go forward? And this morning we're going to be uh, in this passage, and it, it breaks down into a few uh, sections. And the first section is. We have to go there. It gives us the backstory. So here's the outline: the backstory, and then we're going to get to that favorite verse section in verses 10 through 14, and then we're going to see our hearts in this. So there's there's the outline. So let's start with the backstory, and uh, we are in the year 597 BC. So last we'll, we'll kind of it's right before we were last week with with Zechariah and Ezra. And uh, this is a letter that Jeremiah is writing to the exiles from Jerusalem, those who lived in Jerusalem. Jeremiah is still in Jerusalem. He was not, he he stayed behind, but most of the inhabitants of Jerusalem were taken into captivity about a thousand miles away into Babylon, which at that time had risen to be the empire in, in the world. And uh, they've been there a few years, and now Jeremiah is writing them a letter, and he's t- going to tell them, tell them some things that they just don't want to hear. Uh, which he's—he almost always seems to tell people the opposite of what they want to hear. And the false prophets, uh, and they're—they're they're brought up here in this text, are telling people what they want to hear, and that's something that we always need to keep in mind. In uh, it. it so then there's something in that for us as well. What is it we want to hear? And is that precluding us from hearing what God wants to tell us? So Jeremiah, what is he telling them? Well, he's telling them that they should settle down in that in Babylon. They don't want to be there. And he, basically he's saying, unpack your bags, uh, plant some trees, plant some gardens, uh, build your houses, uh, get married, have children, work in the city. I mean, it's, it's all that kind of stuff. They're going to be there a while. And the false prophets are telling them, no, you're going to be here a short time, and then you're going to get back to normal. What a, we we know what normal, that word is. is a tricky word these days. So, uh, yeah, and this is the next thing, though, that that Jeremiah says to them is that this is even more of a surprise and would have been harder for them to hear he says for them to seek the prosperity and the peace of babylon these inhabitants of jerusalem which they're longing to get back home are to seek the prosperity and peace the shalom that that deep Hebrew word that means well-being in every way of life. Uh, Seek that for the city. And then, even more than that, it would have been hard, is to pray for them. Pray for these people who have captured you and brought you here a thousand miles away from home. Pray for them. You know, Jesus said, pray for your enemies. It was hard to hear. And it's still hard for us to hear. Pray for your enemies. Well, this was, uh, uh, all, of, all of this stuff was really, really hard for the people there to hear. Now, um, if we think about what this might have meant for them, and what, 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 is, what, is, this, what is God doing here? What, what is this all about? Uh, I, I think, you know, in our situation, we have to remember, the New Testament makes this more clear, that we have dual citizenship. We are citizens of heaven first, and we are also citizens of this country, the United States, or whatever country you are a citizen of. And we are citizens of this city and this state. And we are to be, the Christians were to be the best citizens just the best. They were to stand out. They were the ones to wear the masks. They were to do. They did the right things. They set the good examples. One of the things that we can do right now is to support local businesses to help to seek the prosperity and the flourishing of the city that we live in. And one of the ways we can do that, and I'm gonna send out some things this week in the e-news. You'll see it is to, is to uh, uh, the takeout thing at restaurants. I mean, bless them. Yeah, it's hard. Can you imagine being a restaurant owner right now? So there's some specific things that we can do in our world as good citizens. Citizens of heaven before we're citizens of here, but it's, it's the fact that we are citizens of heaven that makes us the best citizens here. So that's, that's in their call. And uh, you see that in, in the story of Daniel as well, uh, how he lived out his calling in Babylon. Well, what does God want to do for them? Let's, let's go there. What is it that, why this time there? They want to go back quickly. And there's something that God wants to do in them that he cannot do if they go back too quickly to, uh, to Jerusalem. If you look at um, the besetting sin, I mean, it's the big sin of Israel in the Old Testament, by far. It is idolatry. It is the breaking of that first commandment. You shall, I am the Lord thy God that brought you out of Egypt. Meaning God expressed his great love for his people by saving them out of Egypt. And then he says, and you shall have no other gods that rival me. And it's Israel over and over and over again had gods that rival me. It's not that they totally forgot about Yahweh, the God of Israel, as much as they mixed Yahweh with other gods of the people around them. It's called syncretism. They, they synchronized these gods together and uh, mixed them together. And God, this is, and this is troublesome to some people, so hear this out. God is a jealous God. He is, he is jealous for his people's love. And the Old Testament, particularly Jeremiah and Hosea, the prophets, they picture God or they... Uh, the metaphor God in a a marriage relationship with Israel. And Israel is the unfaithful wife, the promiscuous wife. Jeremiah chapter two, uh, Israel is like a camel in heat and going around. (laughs) It's not a pretty picture. And God is jealous. So this is not, and this is where people get hung up with the word jealousy. This is not immature jealousy, this is appropriate jealousy that if a if a husband were unfaithful to his wife or a wife were unfaithful to her husband that other spouse would feel very hurt and angry at what was going on that's very appropriate to not feel that there is something wrong with you you are devoid of human emotion we are made in the image of God we get jealous in appropriate situations and God is jealous for his people, Israel. He loves his people. So uh, that is what happens. Now, the, re- the reason that we know that uh, Israel h- had to spend time, uh, in the people of Jerusalem had to spend time in Babylon for a, what turns out to be a very long time, is because when they do come back to Jerusalem, never again, uh, it seems... There's, there's lots of evidence for this. Do they fall into the same idolatry that they did before this time? They yeah, they still have big problems. They have other problems uh, that we see in the time of Christ 500 years later, but the idolatry that they had of mixing in the gods of other religion got flushed out of their system during these years. And so uh, God, is, it, you, you may have heard this expression before, he and we have to be careful here to, to not totally equate this with our situation because Jeremiah says that this was a, this was judgment upon Israel. And we would be very cautious right now to use that language that this is judgment upon our world. But what we know about God for sure is that He uses difficult situations that come up in our lives. Uh, to produce growth. He tests us in order to improve us. He proves us in order to improve us. He wants to grow us. He doesn't want to leave us the same way. That that we can be sure of. That's absolutely uh, clear from Scripture. And so he doesn't waste our pain and suffering. We might waste our pain and suffering. That's a problem. But he doesn't waste our pain and suffering. And one of the questions we have to ask ourselves right now, if we're feeling in some pain and suffering in this time, is: Are we wasting it? And I'll come back to that uh, at the close. Okay. So there's the there's the backstory uh, of these of our favorite verse in the in the uh, book of Jeremiah. And now let's go to that favorite verse, and it, it'll it, it'll be on the screen for you. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord God speaking. Uh, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Well, before we get into the, the luxury of that verse and the warmth of that verse, uh, verse 10 is, we need to bring that up. This is right before that, in that God says specifically there that it's going to be 70 years. 70 years before verse 11 actually kicks in. And in a, in a way that seems real to them and not, not just far off in the distance. So uh, that's a long time. Uh, they, they were probably 60 years out. Now they'd been in, in Babylon uh, for a few years and they wanted to get home more quickly. But this work God wanted to do it was going to take some time. So we have that, and then we have this, this wonderful verse that uh, is, is so right for us to grab onto in our situations. But uh, you can see how understanding the context of this verse uh, makes it actually more meaningful. Uh, but I, 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 don't wanna, I don't know how much we need to, to actually dwell on that verse other than to say how, how beautiful it is. But I want to get to verse 13 and put that up on the screen for you and read that because I think this is maybe God's favorite verse if I can say that. Because this is what happens when they come back uh, to Jerusalem. They've had the, the the idols washed out of their system and God says that you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Isn't that... Isn't that wonderful? I mean, you see, you see, God, He wants us to come home. So they're concerned about going home to Jerusalem from Babylon. It is their home. And Psalm 137 is a deep longing for that home. If you want to read that, but um, there, there's something in about home. Remember, from a few weeks ago, we were in Psalm 90 with Moses. And that song begins, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. And that word dwelling place is also translated home. And so home for a person of God, a person who is traveling on this journey, home is not a place. It's a person. And you can see that in this verse here. God, God wants them to come back into their earthly home into Jerusalem eventually after he's done his work in them. But he is their home. And that's a beautiful reminder. And I think that's, well, I would say that's God's favorite verse. Um, well, uh, I want to get to the, the final part of today, of our message today. So we spent a lot of time on the backstory there and uh, seeing what God wanted to do and We'll take that into our our final thoughts here, and then we got into the favorite verse and how, how wonderful that is, and God's favorite verse. So, seeing our hearts, and what I want to do is, um, I want to look at a principle, and then we're going to look at a goal, and then a question, and then we'll we'll pray together. So, um, let's start with the, the principle, and I'll put it I'll put it up on the screen for you. I, I think. It's probably good to see it as well as to hear it. Unless you come to the end of yourself, you will not change. Or the, the t-shirt version of that would be desperation leads to transformation. Now, I would put this, and, and many I'm, I'm, I'm sharing the condensed thoughts of many who have thought about this. I would put that up there as probably, if not the top, because there's other principles of transformation. You know, beauty can draw us to God when we see it. But pain is something that when we come to the end of ourselves, when we're out of our own resources, where we say, Lord, I don't know if I can make it another day, that is the that is the stuff the raw material for transformation in our lives and i i just i know that's so true for me i don't I, as far as i can tell as i observe my life i would not be a christian without that being true it was it was god used pain and suffering that drew me to himself and I look at the transformation points of my life where I've been forced to grow, to grow up, to become bigger, more mature. And they have been caused usually by some pain where I've come to the end of myself. Uh, and, I, and I've seen this happen so many times in others. Now, here's the good news in here. We may not want to hear this. This is I feel like I'm a little bit of Jeremiah here. But there is some good news uh, buried in there. And that is that when you come to that place, which you might call the darkest place, you you are just inches away. This is what I've told so many people. You are inches away from that God-controlled space that you know, the darkest moment is before the dawn, however you want to say it. When you surrender from those places of desperation, that is when God does his best work. So if you're in that place today, for whatever reason, have hope. You may be on the verge of a breakthrough. And um, uh, just keep going. So there's the principle. Now, what is the goal? You know, I, I can ask you the question, what is the primary goal for your life? And you can answer that question in so many ways. And as Americans, we tend to think pragmatically in terms of something to do with our, uh, yeah, our, our, our careers or, or, or families or whatever. But I, I just I think it's really helpful for us to hear that God has is, has clearly stated the goal for your life that He has, and it's to conform you into the image. Of his son Jesus Christ to transform you to look more like Jesus Christ to actually be more to function out of the operational system of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit that is God's goal for your life. I can say that without any, uh, any doubt or lack of clarity, and because the, the scriptures are so clear on that in the New Testament. And we are created in God's image. Go back to Genesis, and He wants to make us more into that image that has been blurred by sin. So it's it's this is rock solid truth. I'm telling you here, folks. All right. Now the next question, then, if you have, if that's God's goal, then is it your goal? That's a, that's a question. But then another question would be, is it? Are you okay with God having that goal? And are you okay with him using whatever means necessary for him to meet that goal in you, including pain and suffering? Are you okay with that? And that's the hard question to comfort seeking people. Because I really believe God wants to do something new. He wants to grow us in this time. I'm sensing that in myself so the the final question then for us to wrestle with is, are you okay with that? With God doing that new thing in you? With, With God using whatever means are necessary to produce that growth in you that will bring you to a better place? That's the transformation question for us. And what I'd like to do right now is is close with a prayer, and I'm going to have you join me in that prayer. It's going to be up on the screen, and this is a Richard Foster prayer. It's very short, but uh, if you would if you would uh, read it with me, if that if you can do that, that would be a good thing. Lord, my God, form me more fully into Your likeness. Use the circumstances and interactions of this day to form your will in me. From the frustrations of this day, form peace. From the joys of this day, form strength. From the struggles of this day, form courage. From the beauties of this day, form love. And we pray this through the name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, who lives for us, and who is our goal. Amen.